Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. Um, I have begun, like many people, to make New Year's resolutions. Wave your hand if you've begun your New Year's resolutions, okay? A couple people, I can see the ones who have made New Year's resolutions, but just you guys are all under the age of 40. Anybody who is, you just, I'm done. I've tried. It's, uh, my resolution is to no more resolutions. It don't work. Well, well, I've tried. I'm starting, and like a lot of you guys, my resolution is to read more books, right? Anybody want to read more books in 2019? Okay, yeah, definitely want to read more books. I want, to, I want to get smarter. I guess I technically should have got all that handled in school, but whatever. And so love to get smarter. I want to read more books, but I'm in a predicament like many of us. I want to read more books, but I probably have less free time in my life today than I've ever had. And so now I'm in a, in a, in a, in a situation where I want to read more books, but I have less time. So I heard that they have these cool things called speed reading courses. I was like, oh, that's it. That's what I need. I need a speed Reading course. So I went on Google, typed in speed reading course, and I found one. It was a good price. Uh, it was a three-day speed reading course. I was like, this is awesome. I got to do this. Uh, the only problem is I don't have time uh, for a three-day uh, speed reading course. And so I, I Googled, and I was like, shorter sp- speed reading course. And it was like, Google, one-day speed reading course. I was like, that's awesome. One day speed reading course. And I was looking, how much is it? And I was like, no, I can't afford the one day speed reading course. And so I Googled again. I said, speed reading course blog. <laughs> and popped up right there, number one in Google, in 500 words or less, how to speed read. And I'm like, that's the article for me right there. So I opened it up and, and, I, and I love the point and it's, it's really good. It said, hey, if you want to read books faster, here's what you're going to do. You're going to have to skim the middle, which I was a big fan of skimming. Okay, I'm a skimmer. I got to be honest. I love skimming. And um, in the context of books, let's be clear, um, of skimming. And so uh, it said if you want to get through a book, you skim in the middle and then you really jump into the first chapter of the book and you really jump into the last chapter of the book, specifically the last paragraph of the last chapter of the book because that's where the author, that's where she's going to make her, her last hurrah on her final point and on her overarching theme of the book. And so I kind of took some of that into practice and I started to apply it with some of the books that I've been wanting to get to before the year ended out. And it's actually really helpful. It actually really works. And then I thought, how cool would it be? I wonder if we could do the same thing with the Bible. I mean, I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. Here's what I know, though, about today, okay? And before I say it, I just want to say I'm glad you're here. The next time I'm going to see you is Easter. I'm not judging. Hey, you're here. I'm just glad. Hey, we got chocolate, cookies. Do we have cookies? We don't got cookies, but we got chocolate. I'm just glad you're here. I'm not judging. I'm just thinking, I got got one week, one day. I got 40, 30 minutes to get you through this whole thing. At least till Easter. And so, and so would it work? Would it work? And so really today's message is birthed out of that. I went to the last chapter, to the last paragraph of the last book of the Bible, and you'd be surprised what I found. I, I would argue it is a summary of every page that preceded it. 
Revelations, Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, goes like this. The spirit and the bride say, and let the one who hears say, and let the one who is thirsty, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life say, la, that's the end. And I thought, wow, could it be that if I were to summarize the Bible in one word, it could be come? If so, I would not be the first person to come to that conclusion. Uh, there are theologians who have gone before us. One of my favorite, John Phillips, he said this, come is the grandest word in all the gospel. You know, when I was young, I used to think that the Bible, because it had rules, was a rule book. I was wrong. As I grew older and studied the history of it, I thought, well, because it has history, it must be a history book. I was wrong. The older I get and the more I learn about who Jesus is, the more I understand that this is not a rule book. It's not a history book. It's actually a written invitation. It is an invitation for humanity to come into a relationship with a God who they can't see but who loves them so much. It is an invitation into the life that you've always dreamed, the fullest life possible. And we all love being invited, right? Wave your hand if you love being invited. I love being invited places, even when I can't go. You know, as a pastor, I get, <laughs> as a pastor, I get invited a lot. So, and, and like normal things that you would assume that I would go to, like weddings and birthdays and unfortunately funerals. But then like I also get invited to like random things, you know. And, and I wish I could go. I just don't have the time. And, and you've got to relate with me, right? Because it's like that time of the year, you know, where you've been invited to like 20 different Christmas parties already, right? Yeah. And you've made up like 20 different lies for why you can't attend <laughs> those 20 different Christmas parties, right? Yeah. No, I'm not judging. It's okay. It's cool. And, and, and I get it. And listen, but even when you can't go and even when you can't make it, you got to admit, doesn't it feel good to just know that you were invited? I thought about that for a little bit. Why do we place so much value on an invitation? And it hit me this week when I was opening up the 33rd invitation to apply for a credit card. I got it in the mail um, on Thursday. I've counted. I've got 33 of them uh, in the last three months, okay. Apparently, they really want me. And, uh, and here's the thing about these credit card applications. I know in advance I'm not going to apply. I know in advance. But I open everyone. <laughs> I just love the first line. Joseph, you've been qualified. I'm like, ooh. I've been qualified? You've been, okay, Visa. Okay, cool. Discover, Joseph, yes, discover. You've been qualified, really? You know, I didn't do too good, and I didn't preach a great bit last Sunday, but you know what? I'm qualified. We didn't have as much attendance last week, but I'm qualified. American Express, Joseph, you've been qualified. I like to be qualified. I do. And then at the end it says, you've been qualified because your score is good enough. Discover you're qualified. You're enough. American Express, you're qualified, you're enough. Discover, you're qualified, you're enough. I can't think of anybody else, but they would say the same thing. You're qualified, you're enough. And then it hit me. The reason why we love to be invited is because to be invited means to be enough. When you're enough, you get an invitation, and that invitation is a validation that you're enough. For example, like if you're in high school, you'll get invited to all the parties. If you're cool enough. Um, anybody want to go to college, like tuition free? I'll tell you how right now. Yeah, I know of a way. Listen, colleges will invite you to study tuition free. 
to sleep in their dorms rent free. To, 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 to buy their books free of charge. They'll invite you if you're athletic enough. If you're smart enough. You know, you really advance in your career if you're charming enough. If you work hard uh, enough. If you get enough degrees and earn enough letters at the end of your name and gain enough experience with the right enough references, boy, you can really progress. And it feels good in that moment, right, to be validated, to be invited to the highest echelons of society through position or paycheck. And, and you look back at all your hard work and you realize, wow, all my hard work, all my education, all my investment, all my, dare I say, life was... It was enough. Look at me now sitting in my Beamer in my mansion. It turns out it was. You know, I feel so good to find out through an invitation that you were enough. On the opposite side, though, it feels really not good to discover that you're not enough. Oh, yeah. I still feel that way. I still get flashbacks whenever I, I think or meditate on or, 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 or get memories or nightmares of the summer of 95 and 96. I was eight years old, living in Staten Island, New York, and my family had just begun a new tradition. They were going to take us to Six Flags Great Adventure. Yeah. Now, you don't know about Six Flags Great Adventure. You're all about Disney. Well, whatever, okay? Six Flags Great Adventure was the Disney of the Northeast, all right? And it was amazing, and it was awesome. And I remember being a kid, and there was actually, listen, we had this on Disney. We had the most roller coasters of any theme park in the United States of America, all right? And there was one specific roller coaster. It was called the Runaway Mine Train, not to be confused with the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. The Runaway Mine Train, and boy, was I excited to go. Me and my cousins, we stayed up all night talking about it. We woke up in the morning, and we went straight to Frontier Adventureland, because that's where the Runaway Mine Train was. And they put it way in the back of the theme park. You know how the theme parks do to try to get you to spend money along the way? We were like, nah, get away from me, Satan. And we just ran. We just ran to the back, and we were so pumped for this Runaway Mine Train. But before I could get on the ride, I met my nemesis, my enemy who would haunt me for the next two to three years. I wasn't expecting to meet this enemy. I wasn't expecting to face this opposition, but there was something in between me and my destiny. <laughs> to get on the runaway mind train, I want to introduce you to my enemy today. Nobody told me that this would be there. <laughs> Nobody told me. I went, I was so excited, and I was like, what's that? <laughs> and there was a person standing in the front, and he was like, eh! <laughs> so can I measure you real quick? And I was like, right about here. I said, sorry, can't go on. My mom was with me, so she let everybody else go on there. She's still with me. Thanks, Mom. Wherever you are. She's still with me. She said, it's okay, baby. You're tied in next year. And she took me to Fantasy Forest. <laughs> Frickin' Fantasy Forest. <laughs> it was another land in Six Flags Great Adventure. It was pink. It was pink. 
They had no unisex gender equality thing going on. It was just straight up. If you weren't big enough for the rides, you went to Pinkland, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to Fantasy Forest, and, and here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, next year, it's my year, man. So, so we got the fall cup. I start drinking gallons of milk a day. Somebody told me they help your bones grow. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Somebody told me join a swim team. You'll stretch. So I joined the wife and started swimming. Stretched out as much as I could. I would do stretches in the morning. The day came, summer of 96. I put the socks in my shoes. Come on, how many people are done? Put the socks in my shoes. I got the biggest boots I could find. We got in the car. We ran to Six Flags Great Adventure. We run past the devil and all his distractions straight to Frontier Adventureland. And we, and we get to Frontier Adventureland. And, I, and my, when I cross the line, I do a little tiptoe. And I get past it, y'all. I get past it. And I wait an hour in this line, and right before I'm about to get on the ride, there's another attendant. I did not know that they had a built-in redundancy feature into the system. And the, and the attendant says, whoa, 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 let's measure you real quick before you get on. I'm like, no. Sure enough, bam. Back to fantasy forest I go. And I just felt defeated. And, and the reason why I bring it up, because this feeling of not being enough and nothing, and there being nothing you can do about it. Have you ever felt like that? Like you just didn't measure up in life? I think in life we feel that. Maybe it's not exactly like a measuring thing like this, but maybe it's something else in our life. Like sometimes this takes the form of a report card. Like even high school, middle school, or, or college, you, you do your best, you work really hard, you take the tutoring, and then after all your hard work, you get a letter on a piece of paper that is essentially saying, sorry, you're not enough. You're not smart enough. Sometimes this illustration here takes the form of a breakup where she looks at you and she tells you, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> but we're translating that. We know what that really means. It means that I'm not attractive enough. I'm not funny enough. You know, she said something about I don't shave enough, whatever. I don't <laughs> brush your teeth enough. Just be honest, okay, whatever. Finds out that you're not enough or you get a job and you've been so loyal to this job. Sometimes this takes the, the form of a layoff and they find you get a letter in the mail. Hey, guys, when you know the company is going to be making some, some, some layoffs coming up in January. The economy is taking a downturn. But don't worry, only the non-essential employees are going to get the pink slip. And you open up your locker to find a pink slip. And it turns out, oh, you were essential. They were real glad that you joined, but not essential enough. My heart breaks for anybody who's ever been in a relationship and, and, and your partner's phone vibrates on the nightstand and you pick it up thinking it's yours. You, you look at it and there's a, an inappropriate text message from someone of the opposite sex. And in that moment, you find out that you were not enough. This is sad. So I, feel like, I think it's not just life. I think a lot of us, I think, I think that's the reason a lot of us don't approach God anymore. Because, because he says come, but we wonder when he says come, if, if I'm enough. I, I know you want me to, I got to be honest. That's why I have a little hesitation with the invitation in this song. I mean, I love the first word. Come. I wish it was just come. I'd be like, awesome, I'm in. God is singing to you today. Come. And you're like, yes, come, high five, yes. But then the song makes it white. Oh, ye faithful. <laughs> and you're like, faithful? I didn't know there was a pre-quality. You didn't say that before. You just said, you just said, come. 
I'm not fearful. How about fearful? I got fearful. Can I come on, ye fearful? Because I'm there. Come, I'm in. Oh, ye joyful. Joyful? How about jaded? I got jaded down pat. Still working on joyful, but jaded, I'm good. Still a little bitter from my last marriage. I got jaded down. Joyful, eh, depending on the day. Invite me on Monday or Friday. I'm real good on Friday. I'm super joyful. Invite me on Friday. I'll come on. I can't get in on Monday. All right. Come, triumphant, triumphant. How about troubled, tragic, temperamental? I'm good at those things. But I just don't feel like, and God says come, but when he says come, we ask, but what's the catch? Because I see all these people in the Bible and I realize I don't measure up. And, and you're coming on Christmas and the reason why you're coming on Christmas, listen, isn't just because, you know, it's a holiday. It's really because you feel like if I were to come every day, that would require some type of lifestyle of me that I'm not sure that I'm ready to live. I just don't know if I can measure up. And so instead of being rejected by God again, rejected by Christians again, I'm just not going to come. I'm not going to come, and I'm so grateful we have a Bible that is relevant and speaks to these issues because there is a people group in the Bible who literally went through this exact same thing. In the book of Numbers, chapter 13, you see the people of Israel, they come out of Egypt, and literally they're invited. They're literally invited into the promised land. Now, this promised land can symbolize whatever you feel like God's promises over your life are. And God says, come into it. Come. And the Israelites are like, yes, let's do it. And so they get out of the Red Sea. They make it through the desert. And right when they get to the border, right when they get to the border of the promised land, that's where they're at in Numbers 13, they freak out. And they begin to doubt. And I know you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking when I read this story. How can a people group who literally saw God defy the law of physics, who literally saw God defy the laws of nature, how could they doubt God and not enter into their promise? And the answer to that question is they didn't doubt God. They didn't doubt God because they saw all that God that did. The problem is that God did it all for them and they didn't have to lift a finger. And when God does a miracle in your life that blesses you but that you didn't have to participate in, you have no problem trusting in him and believing in him. You just keep wrestling with believing in yourself. Because he did it and not you and now you're not sure if you can do it. And so they get to the promised land and on the inside of it are, are, are a very physical, uh, domineering, aggressive people. And they're like, oh, you didn't tell us we didn't have to fight for this now. You, you just said come. <laughs> you didn't tell us there was going to be people. And, and, and that they can't do it. And, and here's what they say. In Numbers, chapter 13, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land in which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Are you hearing what it's saying? He's saying, I want to ride that ride. That ride looks awesome. Verse 28, but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge, and next to them we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Are you seeing it? They're saying we felt small. We weren't tall enough, and, and we're not going to be able to get in the land because we don't have it. And, and I get why they thought that, because for 400 years they were slaves. Now, I've never been a slave, but i got to imagine that as a slave, you probably don't have the same rights afforded to you as everyone else. You probably don't get as much opportunity afforded to you. Just catch this in your mind. For 400 years, they've been told that they're not. And so when someone tells you something for a long time, you start to believe it. And here's the kicker. They don't even have to be in your life anymore. You still hear it. I call it the echo of inadequacy. And so, see, so that girl who dumped you in the seventh grade, like, she grown. She married. She didn't even think about you no more. But you're still thinking about what she said. 
that father who's been gone out of your life, he's been dead for years, but you're still hearing the voice of his disapproval over your life. And here's it, because you've decided that you don't measure up, you are standing on the border of the proverbial promise and not walking in to all that God wants to give you you would just walk in. So if that's you, let me help you out. I just got one point, just one point only, one point this morning that you can walk with and, and take home with you. And this is it. It doesn't matter if you're tall. What matters is that you're called. It doesn't matter if you're tall. What matters is that you're called. So important. When I was going to high school in New York City, Port Richmond High School in Staten Island, um, it was a different school. Um, you know, they had metal detectors at the front, whatever. And... Um, Many, many policemen, and uh, they even had a teacher assigned to a hall monitor. Like, I don't even know if we have that in Florida, but like, what's your class? Hall. Like, that was that teacher's class that she taught. She had to keep everybody in line. And, uh, and if you wanted to get out of the classroom, you had to get a hall pass. And every floor had a different color hall pass because you weren't allowed to be on a floor that didn't correlate with the grade that you were in. So like freshmen had the fourth floor, and juniors had the third floor, so on and so forth. Seniors had it easy, they had the first floor. And then when they, well, I remember though that there was one pass, and it was a red pass, red for the blood of Jesus. Come on, that's what preachers do, we spiritualize everything. And this red pass, it was, it was a pass that, that, that the principal, that the teacher could give you if the principal called you. And with that pass, you can go to any floor you wanted. And I remember I got called to the principal's office and my teacher wrote me a red so I got that red pass. Now, I was a, already a senior, um, but, uh, but uh, I didn't look like it because <laughs> of that, you know. And, so, and I just remember I never got allowed to walk in any of the floors. And so I just took my red pass and I just started walking all over the whole school just because I could. And normally they would stop me and the home monitors would stop me. I even, I even put the pass in my pocket just so someone could try me. They'll be like, excuse me, sir, you're not supposed to be here. I'm like, boom. Hall pass. Red hall pass for the blood. <laughs> I can go wherever I want. Here's the point I'm making. Because of the past, I got to walk into places that I had no right being. Not because of who I was, but because the one who had authority had called me. When God calls you, you get to walk into spaces and places that you have no right in being. See, if you're a father, but your grandfather abandoned your father and your father abandoned you, statistics say you have no right being a caring, loving father who's present. But when God calls you, you have the right to step into places that you have no right being in. If you got alcoholism that runs into your family, if your great-grandfather was an alcoholic, your uncle was an alcoholic, your father was an alcoholic, statistics say that you should also be an alcoholic. But to hell with statistics because when God calls you into a new life you have the right to live a life that you have no right living just because he called you to it your grandparents were divorced and your parents were divorced and now you're in your marriage and you're freaking out thinking you're getting divorced statistics say that you should if this is your second marriage or third marriage statistics say that they get worse and worse as each goes on but you know what this one's gonna work out why because God calls you and when God calls you you have the right to step into things that you have no right stepping into when he calls you that's why I love this song oh come on ye faithful because when you keep listening to it, it's actually super encouraging. Because who is he singing to? Come ye to Bethlehem. He's singing to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. Who were the shepherds? They were the nobodies of society. Faithful? They were, they were faithless. Like notoriously faithless. Like literally. Like the, the shepherds were hired hands. And, and they, they paid them. And then when the wolf came to eat the sheep, this is what the shepherds were known for doing. Walking away. 
They were like, you don't pay me enough for this. I don't like going to risk my life. I'm out. They would just walk away. They were so untrustworthy. This is a fact that in Middle Eastern culture, the word of a shepherd was not valid testimony in a court of law. That's how untrustworthy they were. And God went to them and told them, hey, Jesus is here. Tell everybody. The faithless. Joyful, they didn't make no money. They were depressed. Triumphant, they were the losers of society. But God continued to call them. Why? He loves people who can't make the gap on their own because he loves to make up the gap himself. Hear me. The distance between your ability and your calling is the grace of God. And I'm not trying to hate on anybody. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this. Listen, how many people are tall here? You're, you're like six foot. You're six foot. Raise your hand if you're six foot. Six foot something. Okay, the rest of us, we hate you. But here, here y'all, if you're under six feet, here's your moment. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a heightist. <laughs> I'm just saying this. Hey, here's what I've learned as I studied the Bible. God loves short people. Hey, he loves people who are short on skill. He loves people who are short on ability. He loves people who are short on the rent. He loves people who are short on righteousness. He loves people who are short on patience. He loves people who are short on strength. He loves people who are short on purity, who are short on hope, who are short on life, who are short on finances. He loves people who are short on it all. He loves it because he loves to call them higher. He loves it. I love short people. I'll I, 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 I call a doubter the rock. I'll call somebody who has no kids the father of many nations. I'll call a weak man hiding in a hole named Gideon a mighty warrior. I love it because it gives me an opportunity to close the gap. I love it. He even called Moses one time. He said to Moses, he said, Moses, come, free the people. And Moses said, I'm not tall enough. Moses said, I stutter. Moses said, the people aren't going aren't to uh, receive me. And then finally Moses just said, use somebody else. And God got so mad. The Bible says he got mad. The message version said God was pissed. It's the message. Moses looked at him and said, God, you do it, but don't do it. I believe you can do it but I don't believe that I'm the one. Listen, it's not enough to believe in God's promises. You gotta believe in his preferences too. It's not enough to believe in God's promises. You have to believe in his preferences. You put it on the screen so they can see it. They gotta write that down. It's not enough to believe in God's promises. You gotta believe in his preferences too. Listen, I, there's, when I first dated Liz, listen, just look at her. She's way better looking than me, okay? On a whole nother level, my mom was in the first service. She was like, that's not true. Like, you gotta say that, yeah, my mom. Way. I, there were so many guys after her. I have no idea. She was older than me. She was smarter than me, more accomplished than me, already had a business. I had nothing. Somehow I dated her. And in one of our dates, we're sitting in the kitchen. There's a pizza table on the, on the, on the island. And she calls me out on it. She looks at me. She goes, we're dating now. She goes, are you nervous right now? I was like, shut up, no. No, I was like, I had to be honest, I was like, yeah, like, I am. I, I just don't understand why you're with me. Like, you're so much better than me. Like, did you, like is this your ministry? Like, is this your way of giving back charity? Like, I don't understand. Like, you could do way better than me. Matter of fact, I know people. I could set you up. I just don't understand why you would ever choose me. And she looked at me and she said these words, I'll never forget it. She says, what does it matter? What matters is that I picked you. So many of you right now, 
are, are, are beating yourself up over a past choice, over a past hurt, what someone said to you or didn't say to you, and now you're being, you're being left at the border of your promise because all you hear is these things about you that are probably true, but what does it matter? He picked you. He picked you. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you're weak, he picked you. It doesn't matter if you doubt, he picked you. It doesn't matter if you struggle, he picked you. It doesn't matter if you're alone, he picked you. You know what you got to say to the devil? Listen, I know he's a liar, but most of his lies are just incomplete truths. He'll tell you stuff about yourself. Instead of calling him a liar, just be like, you're right, devil, that's right. But you left one point out. He picked me. <laughs> he picked me. You're right, you're right, I got issues. You're right, I struggle with depression. You're right, sometimes I could be a little bipolar. But he picked me. <laughs> Come on, is there anybody who's happy that God picked him, that God chose him, that he lifted you up? Come on. He picked you, he picked you, he picked you. He picked you, he picked you. It doesn't matter what you're going through in life. He said, that's my one, I'm a user. I'm a use them in spite of their past, in spite of their sin, in spite of their shortcoming. Come on, you, come, 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 come. And then here's what he calls you, faithful. He calls you joyful. He calls you triumphant. Come. Stay standing, stay standing. Just one last story. My son also struggles with my struggles. You know, they say that you got to be careful what you struggle with when you're younger because your children will struggle with it. It's true. My son struggles being vertically challenged as well. Stay standing. Be quick. Get out of here in seven minutes. And, and, and I took him to the runaway mind train. Not the runaway mind train. Seven dwarfs mind train. Not to be confused with the runaway mind train. He didn't make the cut. He got so, like, damaged that he wouldn't even ever try out for another roller coaster again because of the feeling of his brother going on but him not. And the crazy thing is he kept growing but because of the echo of inadequacy, the history of his rejection, he wouldn't even try out for another roller coaster because of what his past had told him. That's a word for somebody. You've been growing but because you can't see yourself growing, you think you're the same you that you were two years ago? Hey, you're growing. You're growing. You're growing. You are not who you were. Try again. And so I had to boost them up. So I said, you know what? We're going to go on tomorrow speed, Speedway. It's Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland Speedway. We're going to go on Tomorrowland Speedway. And we went to Tomorrowland Speedway. And, and when we went there, it said 54 inches. He's not 54 inches. So he looked at the car. Dad, I don't want to go. I got this hand. Good fathers know when to tell their kids to shut up. I said, I love you, Zayma. Shut up. We're getting on this ride. Grab this hand. We went in. We went in. We went. And we've crossed the line. He, every time there's a reminder, the height, he's going underneath it. We get in the car and we drive. He looks at me and goes, Dad, how did you do that? See, my son was good at measuring, but he was bad at reading. And there was a sign that was underneath the measuring thing. And the sign said this. You must be this total ride. If you want to drive alone. It was a different requirement. If you came in there with somebody who met the requirements. Woo! You don't have to be enough. If you're holding the hand of somebody who's enough, they'll get you through it. Let me tell you something about Jesus. He's enough for you. He's enough for me. He's enough for your family. He's enough for you. Just hold on to him. Hear me, hear me, hear me. 
You are enough with Christmas. You're enough with Christmas. I'm short. I'm not tall enough. I'm not talented enough. I don't have enough skill or ability. That's cool, but I know somebody that does. And he'll get you through. And hear me, you're going to start walking into some things that you thought didn't belong to you. But 2019 is going to be the year where you walk into them. And so here's my advice to you. Just hold on to the hand of Jesus and keep walking. He's going to take you places. Places that you didn't think you belonged in. Places you think you had no right in being. Places that tell you, stay out. You're not tall enough. You can tell them, I might not be. But Jesus is. He qualifies. Are you catching this? When Jesus came, it was your qualification. And now you are enough with Christmas. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to talk to anybody who, who's got Jesus at a distance. You thought you had to be perfect to be a part of this thing called Christianity. Well, you don't. Here's what you have to do. Revelation 22 says, just come. Hey, the water's free here. There's no cost. The water's free. Just come. Just come. Just come. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you to come. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody peeking. If you're here today and you want to receive the invitation of God, the summary of the Bible, come. And when I say three, I want you to shoot your right hand at the sky as a signal. I'm ready to come. One, two, all over this building, shoot your right hand if that's you, and you're going to take this invitation. One, two, three, right now, shoot your hand up high. Come on, come on, I see it. I see it, 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 I see it. I see it all over this building. Good God. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. Church, let's pray this prayer with those people who raise their hands. Everybody, worship team, let's pray this prayer. Jesus, I hear your invitation. And I'm coming. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.